grab your popcorn, sharpen your knives, and get ready to savor the flavors of the movies. Welcome to Filmmaker's Cookbook. We're cooking up a storm inspired by our favorite films, and we're not afraid to get creative. We're turning iconic movies into iconic dishes on this podcast, Filmmaker's Cookbook. I am your host, Michelangelo, and as always, I'm joined with my cinephile who knows his way around the kitchen, Charles. Uh, I mean, I really don't. I don't know my way around the kitchen at all. But yes, cinephile for sure. And I'm Michelangelo, a foodie with a passion for film. Well, I do kind of work in film too, actually. But anyways. Nice. Together, we're taking movie night to a whole new level. On this episode of Filmmaker's Cookbook, we are talking about the film All About Eve, the 1950 classic film. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a classic Hollywood flick that's all about fame, fortune, and the cutthroat world of show business. It's all about Eve, the story of a young lady named Eve Harrington who sets her sights on Broadway stardom and stops at nothing to get what she wants. Starring the legendary Betty Davis as Margot Channing, a successful actress who takes Eve under her wing, this movie has everything you could want in a backstage drama scheming backstabbing and plenty of theatric diva moments so if you're ready for a masterclass in scheming manipulation and the art of dramatic exit then all about eve is a movie for you just be warned after watching it you may start to see your own co-workers and friends as potential rivals to your broadway spotlight yep chase i'm coming after you oh no you can have my my broadway spotlight all right it's Good. very minimal. All right. That's one hurdle over. Now, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, you're next. I'm coming after you, getting your Broadway spotlight. All right. Anyways, so let's talk about this movie, All About Eve. Let's dig in. Let's watch the trailer first. Don't get up. And please stop acting as if I were the queen mother. Sorry. I Outside of a beehive, Margot, your behavior would hardly be considered either queenly or motherly. You're in a beehive, pal, didn't you know? We're all busy little bees, full of stings, making honey day and night. Aren't we, honey? <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Everything. Everything's so funny. <laughs> so what do you think about this show? Well, it's interesting that they, like, created a whole segment that wasn't in the movie. They had like a interview of Betty Davis as her character. Yeah. Which was kind of fun. Around this time, I think there is a lot of trailers that are like this, but it's more of like, oh, here's the director or here's an actor trying to like do a sales pitch to the audience to try to get it. And they're like not in character, right? They're yeah. like that person trying to sell the movie i thought it was interesting that this one they they're like oh here's this character in the scene talking about the other character and then they show like stuff and you know it's, it's a fun trailer especially you know like definitely something you don't see today but at the same time it was interesting i actually can think of one contemporary example okay. which is deadpool Deadpool did a lot of trailers that were of things that were not in the movie, not necessarily interviews, but they were like random things that just showed off the character in a completely different environment, which is actually really fun because then you get to walk into the movie with nothing spoiled. Yeah, that's true. I do, I do like it. And I, there's actually 
I was watching some videos recently about trailers. I think I'm maybe divulging too much into trailer discussion, but how like some people are upset if they show too much about shots that are not in the film, then they're being misled into watching a film that's different from what they're seeing the trailers, which I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of don't take that same point of view because I just feel like a lot of times you often see especially if when it comes to certain like comedies or maybe some action films or some of that where you kind of are told too much of the story where by the time you get into it, you have less of a fun time if you were to go into it blindly or not really see or see different things from the trailer. Yeah, it's been spoiled for you. Exactly. I, I, think, I think Marvel has had a few trailers where they've actively gone and like digitally removed people or digitally added people into scenes that were shown in the trailer. And then later it came out that that scene was actually different than what was shown in the trailer. Mm -hmm. I do feel like that crosses a line to be just like, we're deceptively marketing this movie to you. But what the Deadpool ones did that was so genius and what this movie does that is so genius in the trailer is that it's very clear these are not going to be scenes or things that you see in the movie. They are just a set up for the character mm -hmm. so that you know who this character is going in that way every scene that you see in the movie is new but it's also fun because you can kind of you're already from scene one have some experience of tension so like you can tell like like in this movie if you've seen the trailer the first time eve or not Eve, the first time Betty Davis's character, Margot, Margot walks in to the scene, you're already expecting like a, a witty remark. And then you just get the joy of her saying some kind of witty, shady comment. <laughs> and it's not just like a surprise. It's like a, you're waiting for it and you're excited to see it happen, which I think is fun. Whereas like the Deadpool ones do a similar thing where you have this character who's this like assassin character, but he's also like a meme edgelord. So from the first moment that he's on screen, you just, you're just ready for the jokes to come. You know, you're not True. waiting for the story to happen. You're waiting for the entertainment to happen. You're already primed. Yeah, it's a very well set up trailer for this movie as well. I think it really sets the mood for it, which is, I think, another thing that that Speaking of the Deadpool ones you mentioned, those ones do as well. Like it's a action comedy, right? This one just sets up like a drama, right? And this is definitely a core drama piece. And actually, I, I don't know if yeah. it's too early to even say this, but this is also we're going back into our AFI's top 20 here. And for this one, we kind of noticed that the other films so far in AFI's top 20 are kind of the core or like the old like godfathers of kind of a lot of these current day films do you have any idea of any like films that have been inspired by all about eve i actually think this is an example of a movie that is inspired by older tradition and older writing like greek tragedy this movie is just a greek tragedy set on broadway like in the behind the scenes world of broadway interesting okay i see it yeah, you're right, actually. I kind of didn't really even... I was thinking so much into the future or in so much past this film that I actually didn't even think about thinking of the past. It definitely feels Greek tragedy or like Shakespearean. Such a sad drama. I also... The only thing I did think of, actually, and I don't know why, kind of... Because as I watch this film more, it kind of distanced itself from this movie. But I also kind of thought about Last Night in Soho for this film. Um, I don't know why. 
because it, it it's nothing alike but i think it's more maybe what i thought initially last night in soho was going to be and then i watched it and i was like oh it's totally different okay i kind of thinking like oh is this going to become some kind of like murder thing because i kind of was like oh last night in soho was kind of like a murder thing anyways oh this i this you thought all about eve was going to be a lot more like last night in soho turned out to be got it yes and vice versa i thought when i initially went to go watch last night in soho i thought it was going to be more of like a drama piece similar to how all about eve actually is interesting that's that's interesting because they are very different movies but there is a sort of like you know ambitious women kind of through line and like the women of different generations kind of interacting through line yeah exactly so there is there is a connection there but it it is very it's a far connection <laughs> true i was definitely grasping at straws here but anyways let's jump into this film right off the back i want to say right off the back did i say right off the bag um isn't it right anyways. off the bat yes off the bat. Yeah, that's right the off the right off the bat i just want to say this film has a record-breaking 14 academy awards okay sorry nominated for a record-breaking 14 academy awards winning six of them including best picture best director and best screenplay so we're we're definitely looking at one of these beasts of movie and i think since then it has been parried a lot and you know been referenced a lot but did you know actually that this was one of marilyn monroe's earliest film appearances i i didn't before watching it but i did see her and i was like oh is that is that marilyn monroe <laughs> As just like a one scene character. <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. But I, uh, um, yeah, but going back to the noms, this is yes, actually yes. still in history the most female Oscar noms for a single film in history. Yeah, it's good. I mean, actually, sorry. That sounds like me saying that's good. Sounds like I'm saying that's good. We can't, we shouldn't get them any more nominations. But I think it's good that this happened so early on. But I wish that there would be more of this, like more movies that had so many woman led nominations, which is sad to see. But, you know, honestly, I, I will say also that before researching this film and watching it for this episode, I have actually never watched this film before. So it was kind of an, an interesting ride to like experience this film for the first time. I think I had watched this once before, I think on TV, on Turner Classic Movies, the that channel, which is one of my mother's favorite TV channels. She watches old movies on that all the time and um it's funny because i think the the guy who hosts turner classic movies is actually the grandson of the guy who made this movie <laughs> mankowitz so i remember that pretty distinctly as he was talking about his grandfather having made this movie uh, but i didn't i didn't really remember anything about the movie itself and then i watched this movie for the for basically the first time for this episode and i really enjoyed it like shockingly enjoyed it yeah I, I love how it's so well packaged yes but then also like deviously this it's like at the same time so evil and so innocent at the same time looking you mm -hmm. know what i mean like how it's just like oh these people are like just doing something they just like ambition and wants to be popular but at the same time it's like backstab and you know 
taking over someone's career and different things like that, right? And it's like this creepy element to it as well, which is kind of maybe why I thought of Last Night in Soho because there was times where they're like, she's learning you as like a blueprint, right? And I just imagine there was a moment where she's like, I know everything about you. I can, I can, you know, I mean like it, they kind of more or less do it, but like I kind of was waiting for a more sinister, darker horror kind of twist to it at one point, but it still gave us that horror element in terms of, or I guess not horror, but like that scary element of like, she does succeed in overthrowing this, her idol and becoming this big, big person on the, in Broadway. But then it kind of ends on this note of just, there's that character who comes in and is, oh, I'm studying, I'm breaking into your house and I'm just studying you. Oh, it's okay. Just come in here. And then it's kind of, you know, restarting, right? Like it's ends and starts kind of in the same place, but just with different characters. Yeah. I think it has a quality that's sort of familiar to anyone who's watched the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can kind of see it. Not so much like the, the science fiction elements of the twilight zone or like the surreal elements of the twilight zone but the the narrative being so tight and so intelligent that the twilight zone also had or at least a lot of the episodes also had where it ended on this sort of this is actually a thing that billy wilder i think created but it's based off of an earlier director that billy wilder who was a screenwriter really enjoyed was ernst lubitsch uh and the lubitsch touch which is this idea that a really great story has sort of a super joke you know you have the comedy that happens as a part of the setup and the tension uh you know the comedy and also the the horror of it because like the tragedy of it because a joke can kind of go either way and that's that's a part of drama is it can be either a comedy or a tragedy and oftentimes it's both but the lubitsch touch is this added super joke on top of it which in this movie it is eve harrington not realizing that she's about to be replaced by another young ingenue that she's hired on and now now she's just the the next one you know she's now on her way out yeah which is such a sad note to end it on where it's just like oh the film or like i guess broadway is such a like you have your moment to shine and then you're nothing kind of thing and you're just being replaced constantly by the next shiny person who is going to be taking on the big i guess not the big screen but the the broadway musical stage and you know have their moment of shine and then the next person comes along mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, a sad depressing kind of thought there but you know even they, they talk about like hollywood and and tv shows and film which is kind of some of the the comments i remember they were saying were um i think still kind of exist to this day like there is a one comment i remember about do tv actors often audition for their their spots and then the person's replied oh, t oh tv actors all they do is is audition they don't actually ever act wasn't it rehearsing is... i think it was rehearsing not auditioning possibly but nonetheless it kind of was like kind of messed up but kind of still true to this day yeah it's definitely still true. I think it's that why why I'm pretty sure it's rehearsing is because that's actually one of the things that I found in my research was this movie, although technically wasn't inspired by a famous Broadway actress of the time named Tallulah Bankhead, it sort of also was. And she was actually a noted rival of Betty Davis. Like Tallulah, Tallulah Bankhead and Betty Davis are kind of very similar people, but Betty Davis was a big movie star and Tula Bankhead was a big Broadway star, but they did kind of similar characters. But 
they they often would go on like talk shows and radio shows and stuff and like spit shade at each other <laughs> and you know make jokes about each other in their interviews and then later betty after Tallulah Bankhead had died betty davis <laughs> would later say that they were the best of friends <laughs> uh which is funny but yeah the uh one of Tallulah Bankhead's famous quotes is that why she never went into like she did a little bit of film and tv she's actually in that movie lifeboat by hitchcock she's she's one of the women in that but she didn't she never really made it big on tv or film uh and she is quoted at as saying things like i hate acting in, in movie and tv because it's uh it's just all rehearsal as opposed to a live show where you get one chance to do it and you get to like feed off of the audience where you know in in movies and tv shows you you have to shoot it 10 times you know to get it right mm -hmm. and then they they edit it all out and uh, they choose the best cut and so that was one of Tallulah Bankhead's like famous quotes uh-huh interesting I don't know I I kind of don't have much more to say about this film besides yeah it's kind of just, one of those perfect movies you know it, it it is really well done I'll just kind of go and give an overview my thoughts on this is that it's like it's really well written acted the performances are really well done it's just like i mean you can definitely as you watch it you can you can see why it was nominated for for all those academy awards and it's such a like a deep in a way perfect story because there's no really like flaws or plot holes or anything that's like jarring or anything it's just kind of like like you said like a, a tragedy of this want to be famous and getting there and also kind of realizing that life is like a cycle that you can kind of never stop you're kind of doing it but it's also a thing that is going to be done to you and it's like just a such a deep film and um i think it was great i i've honestly really enjoyed it and yeah if it was a concession episode concession impressions episode then i would most likely i would give it a peanut m&ms i mean i think do you have anything else you you want to say or do you want to just kind of start i think let's talking start flavor? talking flavors cool All right. Well, we're back and we're going to be talking about some flavors of this film. So again, just going to go quick summary. We got surprise, happy, sad, fear, disgust, and anger. We're going to be talking about how this film is represented in those flavors and how it translates, I guess, to those feelings and how they translate into flavors. Surprise being spicy, happy being sweet, sad being salty, fear being bitter, disgust being sour, and anger being umami. All right, so let's just jump right in and go into the flavors of All About Eve. Personally, I would say that it isn't, it's not really surprising. I don't know, it, you kind of can see it coming in a, in a long time, but it's kind of I think the the biggest flavors here are more of like an anger, sad, somewhat happy flavor. But I think those are the three in my mind of is like anger, disgust, and sad. A little bit maybe happy as well. What do you think, Chase? Yeah, I think I think it is fear and anger. I think are the two that two flavors that are the most present for me. And then I think there's a little bit of everything else, maybe less so something like disgust. But I think there are like some some decent surprising moments, like the journalist character turning out to be such an evil character. That's true. Like I really I enjoyed that surprise. Uh, and then there's there's a few sweet moments, like happy moments between different characters, but they're not like overwhelming. They're just kind of they're there to kind of set set up some later tragedy. I think like 
between Margot and her husband character, whatever his name was. Like, they obviously have, like, a somewhat happy relationship, especially at the beginning, where they're, like, joking around with each other, and then it gets kind of heated. And then eventually it sort of returns to the normal-ish place for them. But I really think fear and anger, and particularly anger at, like, what you could be losing like what these characters are losing and also the fear of loss is kind of the driving emotion for this movie. Yes. Very well. Very <laughs> well. To be honest with you, I kind of don't really have necessarily addition in in mind for this. I feel but like this I is from... like a fine dining experience. So I was mm-hmm. thinking about things like grilled salmon with like roasted vegetables. <laughs> so from what you were just saying though, I have a a pitch for you. Sure. Um, but I will say that, let me know what you think. So I was thinking like possibly like lobster bisque soup. Okay. Because it has elements of that like fine dining kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's like a luxurious, indulgent kind of dish almost eh, ish you know because it's you know lobster is kind of a an expensive commodity a just expensive thing but it also has like those dark undertones right because then you have to use like a live lobster and like murder it to make this soup and it, it's like the a... star of the dish <laughs> exactly i like um, it but then at the same time you know going into it you know how like lobsters were once considered to be like poor man's food and they were they were like feeding prisoners lobsters back in the day Mm -hmm. and then now oh lobsters are um like this really rich person thing and now they're like really expensive so it kind of also represents that eve's rise to power where she's the one this in the past who was this like thing that was given to just you know who is nothing and now it's like ooh, rich people eat lobsters Ooh, there's also a connection there between kind of acting stage acting and vaudeville acting which is what broadway comes from is is vaudeville and then it 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 was a low man's art you know people coming to like skeezy nightclubs to like be entertained for a couple hours a night and then it kind of over many many years became full production stage plays and uh, you have things like uh zigfield's follies which took vaudeville and created whole stage shows and then you get more and more wealth accumulating and then it becomes sort of a prestigious thing uh as you see it in the movie where they're getting like awards and accolades for being the greatest of the vaudeville actors you know Mm. True. And I think besides that, the main dish, this main ingredient of being having lobster, but you do have these other notes in there as well. Like, cause I think you would often use spices, especially like pepper, but uh, also cayenne pepper. Yep. So, which does add a little spiciness to it, right? And does, it does add to it. And you could maybe possibly add a little more cayenne pepper because if, depending on, you know, to make up that spiciness for this film. But also, I think the, the pepper, like the crushed black pepper, would also add some of that spice to it as well. But then you have also that like umaminess from the lobster. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is like the anger but you also have like the creaminess and different things which also has like that kind of more savory flavor um, and you get the saltiness of like butter and other things in it exactly the saltiness of butter a slight somewhat sweetness at times from some onion in there you know i think it it could i i, be... I like it it's growing on me a lot great I'm, I'm glad okay and also another thing is which is i think a big part of this film is not big part of this film but it does play a part of this film is alcohol 
And you do use brandy or cognac in making a lobster bisque. So it has alcohol in it, right? So you already, you know, it's combining this decadence this decadent lobster and alcohol, you know, this this rising shine, this rising new Broadway, you know, performer, actress, and alcohol and other things. But you know, it, I think that also kind of slightly adds to it. No, I yeah, I actually think it fits perfectly. I like it. What should we call it? Could just be all about Eve's lobster bisque, but that bisque all about Eve or that bisque <laughs> Eve. <laughs> Okay, I I, uh, I like that, that too, direction. Is that, is that too too rough? <laughs> She's such a bisque. That backstabbing bisque. You're right. I, it's simple is better, and it kind of subtly kind of hints towards the uh, the profanity of that naming convention. Yep. But also, you know, it's it's great. And going into it again, this is gonna be terrible. But you kind of do have to backstab the lobster to cook it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you want to give it a humane and quick paint, like. Not painless, but it's, you know, at least it's better to... Instead of boiling them alive. <laughs> yeah, instead of boiling your lobsters alive, please put it out of his misery before you, you put it in there and, and uh, <laughs> stab it and kill it, you know, instantly if you can, please. But yeah, I think that there we go. I wow, like it. Was... Perfect. We're, we've been on a roll today. We have a roll to go with this, this bisque. A nice, nice dinner roll. Backstabbing bisque. Backstabbing bisque. That sounds good, though. I love, I actually do love lobster bisque, so cool. That's our dish. We have a uh, backstabbing bisque, a lobster bisque that it represents the movie all about Eve. Let us know what you think. If you think this dish uh, best represents this film, let us know at Filmmakers Cookbook on Instagram or Twitter. And as always, thanks, I guess. I don't know. I don't say that. And that is a wrap on this film and on this episode all about Eve. And this has been filmmakers cookbook we'll see you in two weeks everyone i hope you have a great time to bye